Welcome to Pleb Chain Radio, a live show brought to you by Plebs for Plebs, which focuses on the intersection of Nostra and Bitcoin protocols. Join QW and Avi as they run down the weekly news and developments, breaking down the current thing and the future frontier with the foundation of decentralization, the builders, thinkers, doers, and plebs. All right, we are live. Welcome, gentle plebs, or should I say the new phrase de jour, QW, Wabi Sabi, gentle plebs, to our 10th episode. Wabi Sabi. <laughs> I hope I'm saying that right, not butchering it. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'll, I'll roll with it. Wabi Sabi. WS is the new PV. That's what it is. That's, okay. You, you got to get with okay. the program. Kid, oh, I got it. I, I did see the question where they were saying, what's the uh, comparative to PV that, uh, in Japan, correct? That's right. And it's from our good friend, Dave. Oh, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Good old GP. G, well, I mean, formerly known as. <laughs> <laughs> GPT-3. <clears throat> that's right. Correct. So, so, folks, we've got a fun show ahead. Uh, we'll spend quite a bit of time talking about our favorite topic, shitcoiners and mempools. Uh, but we do have, um, of course, we have Corn joining us for the lightning round with the NOST report. And then uh, a fun guest, someone I haven't spoken to yet, QW, and you've mentioned him in the past, Dave of the Desert, a solo off-the-grid miner. And we'll hear his story. Uh, and see how he's handling the the current situation with the mempool. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm really excited about him. Um, I mean, I live in Arizona. I know the heat. And I've seen uh, a picture of his setup, and it's running off solar. And I don't think I've seen any uh, off-the-grid miners, uh, I mean, I don't know, uh, that, that are just by themselves rolling off solar. Uh, I, I think that's something that uh, you need a lot of space for and a lot of room for. Um, I've seen it off a lot of different things, but uh, normally some sort of a gas or uh, something in that category. So, so the, an energy that would be more uh, efficient, I guess. Uh, solar tends to be a little bit uh, lighter um, on the juice. So, yeah, so I'm interested in that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to Dave. So why don't you kick us off, QW, with uh, a recap of the Zapathon? How, by the way, I, I do did mean to ask you this: Are you seeing interest waning in it, or is it still as active and energetic as it was in the early days? I I don't know if it's as um, energetic, but I think there's more people doing it. I, I I can't really explain why Wallet of Satoshi continues to go down now. Uh, I mean, it, it happened uh, again today. It was twice yesterday. Um, so, I mean, there's there's definitely something going on. And I don't know if it's the uh, the amount of people switching with different wallets, um, but it definitely seems like there's uh, uh, it, there's still people every week. What's Zapathon? What's Zapathon? And I still copy and paste the same thing. Um, it's definitely uh, something that's here to stay. It's going to be every Thursday, Friday. Um, but whether it's... I just don't have the stats on that. I, I would have no idea. Um, all we can go off is, does it feel like it's more uh, <laughs> uh, more energetic? Um, you know, I, I think Noster in general, 
Um, I think people have gotten through the honeymoon phase and they're, and they're kind of coasting now. I think it's a way of life, but I think it's more of a coast. Um, and I think, there, you know, zaps in general seem to have ticked down a little bit. But it's tough to say because, uh, you know, we're getting larger and larger as a community. Um, and, and there's little micro conversations everywhere rather than, uh, you know, one one big room and everyone's talking. So I don't know. I, I, I mean, unless you have the stats uh, looking at the, the, the relay draws and, and everything, I, I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I'll tell you one thing I've noticed is that uh, Condolorian's memes are permeating through the Zapathon during the Zapathon. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of the memes that I've seen him make are, are you know, as they should be, in my opinion, right? Memes are public domain. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, they're, uh, they're permeating nicely, being reused and repurposed for the Zapathon. So that's great. Yeah, absolutely. So we had some fun this week, huh? I mean, with the drama of everything. Uh, what, what I love is we go from one thing, like last week, it was uh, banking bad. And that's still permeating. I mean, that's still just uh, marinating on the side. Uh, but the, the, this week, it just turned into shit, shitcoin galore. Um, mempool fees were absolutely insane. I think everybody turned into, uh, you know, the current thing this week was a mempool uh, 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 aficionado. Everyone kind of looked <laughs> in on that and and became uh, very, uh, very, uh, you know, we, we we tend to be experts all of a sudden in uh, in things uh, we we may not understand. So when we see the congestion in a mempool like this, it's a great time to learn, and that's what I did all week. We certainly saw a lot of experts, uh, pop-up experts on the mempool uh, show up during the week. But it was it was an interesting time. Uh, I, I think there was one point where fees were over six hundred sats per V byte. Uh, there were there was a day or two period when that was happening, and I think that there must have been at least ten or twenty blocks in that period, maybe even more than twenty, where the fees themselves were were greater than the block subsidy of uh, six point two five Bitcoin. I think we went over seven in one case even so that was interesting yeah. to watch that was amazing to watch i mean we all we all learned that that wasn't the first time it happened you know it seemed like a lot of us were like i mean you and i were just it was that is this the first is this a first well it turns out it was 2017 uh when it uh, when the flipping happened but uh it was kind of a first for 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 my uh my recollection uh, but then again i've never stared at a mempool so much in my life you know yeah and, and I, I think we and, yeah go ahead i was it was mempool around in 2017 was it something that was no. a big site like it is now mempool um, space, that, no. that could yeah and that could be one of the big things is it's it's you know we we have so many tools now where we can actually watch things like this um yeah it was interesting and it was a almost entirely driven by the BRC20 token mania, which uh, mm-hmm. I have tried very hard, QW, to not read about this because it's so disgusting. Uh, but the little I did, these are basically, they're using the ordinal uh, framework and inscriptions <laughs> to put these little JSON files. Uh, they're inscribing these little JSON files, and those JSON files contain a token distribution schedule, right? A shitcoin distribution uh, schedule. So we had uh, fun things like PepeCoin show up on Bitcoin via this uh, BRC20 standard, Uh, something called DickCoin, to name a couple of the notable ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
and I, again, this this is probably because I haven't, I just can't be bothered to read more about this. But I think every single token transfer that happens once the you know once the token is issued, is also also needs to be recorded as a transaction. So what what you saw uh, was several transactions, hundreds, if not thousands of transactions at the dust limit of five hundred forty six sats. And their entire purpose was to move around these JSON files. It, it's amazing to me. Honestly, I, I didn't realize how bad it was until I actually looked at uh, some of the websites because I just thought it was one token. Then I realized it's a whole, you know, quote unquote ecosystem, which doesn't make any sense to me. It's just more to coinery that's, uh, that, that's re repackaged. Um, so it, to me, um, it, it's just it was it was blowing my mind looking into it and the more i looked into it the more i realized that it was just absolutely nothing that anybody would ever want no utility um maybe something will change but from my understanding the way they're doing it in the json it's clunky it doesn't make any sense and and i don't know i mean it's just really catered to make gas uh, well we say gas it's not really gas but it's catered to make fees go crazy high you know mm. so uh, i'm i'm yeah that's the other thing I, I that's been uh, pissing me off. Kw is now everyone's referring to transaction fees as gas on Bitcoin, and to yeah, me, yeah, <laughs> to me, gas is, is on Ethereum. It makes sense. There's a, I mean, Ethereum doesn't make sense in general, but for a for a network like Ethereum that has a virtual machine and there is a compute involved for the smart contracts, right? The cost of the compute is is called gas in Bitcoin. It's just transaction fees to miners. It's basically Correct. a tip. You leave miners so that they pick up your transaction. Well, and, uh, and it almost goes to show you that the shitcoinery that was going on on uh, Ethereum translates over here, and they they don't know how to change their definitions. You know, it, it's <laughs> yeah, it's essentially the same same concept being applied, uh, but it's it's inaccurate in the way they're the way they're uh, terming it. So um, yeah, yeah. It, it, you can't you can. You could, you could take the the boy out of the 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 shit coinery, but you can't take the shit coinery out of the boy or something like that. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, and with with that said, I you know I, I happen to notice that a lot of the people that are that are pumping that or at least uh, backing these BRC twenties as being a great for Bitcoin tend to lean to they're benefiting from it. You know, I, I mean, it, it could be the, you know, Binance uh, doing NFTs all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're rushing to get Binance NFT, uh, Bitcoin NFTs on Binance. Well, they have a mining pool, too. So, I mean, it's all they're, they're, they're kind of pumping their own bags in the way they support it. Um, so uh, what do they stand to gain from it uh, versus versus what does the, uh, the world stand to gain from it? Um, I'm always thinking on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, you know, how can we get adoption? How do we spread it to everyone uh, and make it affordable? You know, if if the fees go up, make it because everyone's using it in the right way. You know. Yeah. And this was and Guy Swan had a really uh, good guy's take about this. Um, I think a week or so ago, where he compared it to a tragedy of the commons. Right. That there mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm sure you this is an open protocol right and you can use it for anything you want anything that the consensus rules allow you to do it but uh you know the the key 
thing that it enables is individual sovereignty and freedom through this censorship resistant way of transacting value peer to peer and that and that should be as a public good uh, you know we should be thinking about that as users um and he compared this to pooping in a public park right <laughs> which which i thought was uh, interesting from guy swan but i will say you know it, it was it, it, with with guy swan i mean that I, I did like the fact that he did mow mow over both sides and kind of ended up as he's just calling this spam because that's what it is so yeah. i thought that was interesting now couple of things uh, I, I will say here, Kirabi. One is it seems to be dying down. Now, I, I wouldn't call it done yet because, you know, shitcoinery knows no bottom because Bitcoin knows no top. This, so who knows how long this is going to continue for or it's going to ebb and flow. But it is interesting that Bitcoin is working as expected, right? The fees get higher uh, when there's there are a lot of these garbage transactions, any transactions, right? When there's a lot of congestion, the fees naturally rise in that free market that disincentivizes disincentivizes uh behavior that's not absolutely necessary transactions that, are, that people feel are not absolutely necessary right over a long enough time period so it starts dying down but the other interesting thing is we saw uh the higher fee environment attracting more hash there was one point uh initially when this started when the difficulty was uh, predicted, according to mempool.space anyway, was predicted to go down by 9% at the end of the epoch. Uh, and then once we went through this, it kind of went even, right? So that 9% chance or the 9% reduction in difficulty that was predicted is now at 0%. If you look at it right now, that means the higher fee environment did attract more hash. So Bitcoin is working. It <laughs> And that's great. It's genius. It's genius. It's crazy. I mean, you're you're stress testing Bitcoin, and everything's working as it should. You know, it's just it's just amazing. Uh, and that's just one of the most fascinating things to watch is uh, Satoshi created this, <laughs> and and you know he never would have anticipated uh, you know a, a BRC twenty and NFTs uh, inscriptions. But at the same time, you know, it, it all works the same as long as you follow the uh, the rules, you know. Yeah. And then one last thing before we bring up corn KW is, and speaking of corn and the Nostra part, uh, one of their members has been recently has recently risen to influencer status. Our dear friend Marseille, um, her tweet went viral a few days ago, and. For people who didn't see it, she was she is in El Salvador, and she mentioned that she was looking. She was with one of her friends who tried to withdraw from a Bitcoin ATM, uh, the equivalent of a hundred dollars, and the fee was something like twenty one dollars, right? And in a country where the average income is three hundred dollars a month, uh, she was she was upset that th that was happening, especially given the fact that. Uh, the high fees are driven by pure selfish shitcoinery. So that tweet got, unfortunately, uh, got a lot of negative attention. It was picked up by Coinbase, by the Bankless podcast. Uh, you had folks like Nick Carter trying to clumsily dunk on it by saying, hey, if you can't accept a free and open network and the consequences that come with it, you maybe you shouldn't be part of it, right? I mean, absolutely tasteless things. 
Um, and and then you know had you had folks like Dan Held. I, I don't think he was particularly he didn't particularly attack it, but I, I think he picked up on it as well. And I think I think the last time I checked, uh, Marseille's tweet had over one million views. What were your thoughts on that, QW? I know you responded to a couple of folks um, on the, the on that the thread. whole thing was well, like Nick Carter, he he mentioned you know. Uh, 2017 they weren't the bitcoiners like this and they're she's talking he's talking about someone that's in a you know el salvador that that doesn't know any better just just trying to get money out and uh they're they're, they're doing 20 percent fees essentially because the the network and you know she she was she had a good point i mean i i have the same point you know you like to see when these countries are becoming you know legal tender when you when you you think you're making progress uh, and then stuff like this just isn't good. I mean, it's not good in my opinion, but I, I know it's going to be, you know, it's still up in the air where it's going. But, um, you know, it, it it's just it's sad because you can't, you know, you, you got to take into consideration Marseille and, uh, you know, her emotional side of it, where she's looking at these people that are, you know, trying to use Bitcoin and we have the and she'll mention it you know it's more of like a privilege game that we're playing with these these nfts and coins on the network that doesn't really go to the ultimate goal of bringing you know um, money from separating money from state and into every country that can possibly need it um so i don't know i mean it, it, i just feel bad for her. that's it i i thought it was incredibly tasteless but she, she's funny because she's she she thinks it's funny at this at the end of the day um she's such a great person and uh yeah. you know i mad respect to marseille on that um i wish i could say more but it's it's kind of like one of those things where you know it, it just that's not a tweet i would look at and then repost and soapbox on you know it just doesn't it's not that's not a good human that would ever do that so i mean take it for what it is yeah, and to her credit, I think she's taken it um, with a really good sense of humor, and she's laughing about it. So that's great. All right, Gondalorian. It is time for the lightning round. Testing one, two. Yes, sir. You are live. <laughs> All right. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Oh, so, yeah. BRC twenty craze. That's uh, that's my my top item on on my list here, and you guys covered quite a few of my bullet points. But um, a couple things you didn't mention. You know, the like you said, the transaction fees at one point were over six hundred sats per V byte. Um, this was affecting users uh, across the spectrum of Bitcoin use. Uh, Marseille's story, I think, drew attention to a really, really important aspect of this. And if I remember right, the the tweet that she, the tweet in reference, it was something that somebody she was with, I think had that happen and she was relaying it on Twitter. But I just think it's, it's fantastic that it went viral and that it, it drew attention to that part of what's going on. Um, the hyphy environment, uh, had Binance halting with Bitcoin withdrawals at one point for a few hours, Binance and Coinbase have both said as a result, 
that they plan to add lightning support. Um, users across the board scrambling to use lightning more. Uh, Moon Wallet, which is a, a popular wallet, but not exactly a lightning wallet because of its technology. Um, it utilizes submarine swaps between on-chain and lightning. And so they were facing a lot of issues. I think they still are um, with extremely high fees trying to use Moon for lightning payments. Um, I saw somebody post something today that they are working on a major upgrade to the way they handle payments. I don't think there were any details, but hopefully that helps. Uh, I personally had issues withdrawing from Cash App via Lightning, several failed attempts, um, and it was small amounts. I mean, you know, 15, 20,000 Satoshis, which should be nothing. And they were failing, sending to, trying to send to Wallet of Satoshi, trying to send to other well-connected big wallets, and it was failing. So I'm assuming those were liquidity issues. Um, like you said, you had the shit pointers on Twitter proclaiming, or I don't know if you mentioned this, but proclaiming they broke Bitcoin, which was completely, <laughs> <laughs> um, at no time was Bitcoin broke. Um, and ultimately Bitcoin seems to have broken the, the shit pointers, at least with the high fees. Um, I was looking at, I found a website on the BRC 20 tokens. And like, like you, Avi, I really don't want to put the time into learning about this, but it's kind of forced in front of us. Um, currently, they have over 14,000 different BRC20 tokens on their market or whatever they call it. Um, and I was scrolling through, and I even found one that it's called SATs, and the total supply is... 2.1 quadrillion <laughs> so they they've attempted to recreate the entire supply of bitcoin on an, an ordinal <laughs> just completely absurd um that one has not even been completely minted um anyway it's to me it's a big it it's not a joke but it's a joke it's laughable what they're trying to do um Back in my notes here, and uh, yeah, so it all it all culminate, culminated. Um, block seven eight eight six nine five, what was deemed as the flippening, and that block saw the um, transaction fees uh, exceed the block subsidy. So the block subsidy right now is six point two five BTC for every block mine, and the block fees exceeded that amount for that block. It wasn't the first time in history, but it was a, a pretty major event. A lot of people talked about it. So, yeah. Yeah, Corn. when you talk about like Cash App and uh, all these different uh, uh, services, I think Breeze or uh, Blue Wallet, one of, one, of the, one, of the, one of them went down also because they're, they do submarine swaps and they're not true lightning. Uh, it just, I think it just came out of nowhere. These, this BRC 20, I mean, the spike of fees just came out of nowhere. Uh, so <laughs> we look at all these services that, that all of a sudden weren't expecting that they had no time to, to actually, uh, prepare for it or, or, or think of like plan B plan C. Uh, I think it was a great lesson for the network in general 
but that it was just interesting and even for us uh you know when 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 it spikes like that how the hell are we going to get our sats to uh to, to lightning you know how do you do yeah. it without paying exorbitant fees so it's, it's a great lesson for us too yeah for sure i mean it was you know anyone who already had fees in lightning or uh, sats in lightning were at least somewhat prepared but i saw users like um uh joe nakamoto um he's a he uh, he writes i think it's for coin coin telegraph um and he posted something about his lightning wallet being depleted and he gets paid a hundred percent in bitcoin and so he was he had an incoming pending transaction into phoenix wallet and phoenix wallet performs swaps from on-chain to lightning and so because of the fees it was delayed for several days and so he was trying to figure out you know what to do just to have his regular spending money because it was all stuck in a pending utx or pending transaction um so yeah just the the trickle down effect um on everybody you know nobody not that nobody was prepared but it, it hit a lot hit a lot of us by surprise you know, Colm, that raises an interesting point, right? Because if we, we talk about Bitcoin circular economies of the future where you you can convert your late, I mean, you know, you just get rid of these fiat on ramps and off ramps, right? There's not, you have nothing to do with fiat anymore. Uh, you convert your, your, you exchange your labor for Bitcoin. But assuming that there is high demand for Bitcoin in that circular economy, hyper Bitcoinized world, how would people get paid? How would they exchange their labor for Bitcoin if their paycheck effectively is uh, stuck behind a monkey JPEG, right? It'll have to be lightning, right? Or something like that. Yeah, You could get paid lightning. in JPEGs. You could, <laughs> we could be looking at the currency of the future as monkey JPEGs. Well, and I think, I think another thing it highlights is the importance of um, self-custody. You know, I'm not opposed to custodial wallets. I know that can, can be a contentious topic for some, but, you know, spending amounts, small amounts, custodial wallets. I mean, if it's not going to, you know, don't leave an amount in there that's going to bankrupt you, but, but a few dollars is, is fine. Um, in my opinion, but you know, a situation like, like what Joe ran into was this payment was coming in on chain into Phoenix which then would perform a submarine swap into lightning. So he had no control over that pending UTXO. Whereas if it was coming into his own wallet, um, you know, even something like blue wallet where you have coin control where you can, can, you know, maybe perform a, a, a replace by fee or, a, you know, child pays for parent transaction, something where you could bump that fee up if you absolutely had to. I mean, it would still hurt to, to pay those high fees, but having full control over your over your private keys, over your, your UTXOs, that gives you the maximum flexibility when anything like this happens. Yeah, for sure, Colin. What else you got? Yeah, so um, one of my favorite stories this week um, came from Get Albi. So Albi's a popular uh, custodial wallet, Lightning wallet, uh, 
browser extension. They have a lot of cool services and they launched a new, um, a new service this week called zap planner. And so, you know, one of the big topics that we talk about a lot on, we see come up a, a lot on Noster is this value for value concept. Um, and I even saw some discussion about it this morning. Um, but you know, it's a different approach to, to content, different approach to supporting, um, creators and developers and, um, anyone that you like what they're offering, you know, where they're providing value and you provide value back to support them. And so if that, if that value you give back is in monetary form, um, obviously Noster and lightning make that much easier than we've ever had before. Um, through things like zaps. And so what get what get has launched is a way to schedule ahead of time recurring zaps to support uh, support a creator, a writer, a dev, whatever project you want to support. And I just wanted to read a little bit from their blog post about it. So they say Bitcoin is not made for subscription based payments. Uh, many stakeholders in the creator industry have been looking at alternatives or additions to the ad-based revenue model to diversify income sources. As a consequence, today's creator economy was built on subscribers and patrons. This led to a massive boom in subscription businesses of both creator-led platforms like Patreon and Substack and enterprise companies like Netflix and Amazon. Normally, subscriptions are payment are payments requested by the receiving side. So you're the creator on Patreon or Substack or your Netflix or Amazon and somebody has a subscription with you. Well, you're the one requesting payment. They have to put a card on file, put a bank account on file, and then you draft their payment method. The payment comes from the service side. Bitcoin isn't designed for that. Um, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. You have to authorize, you have to sign a transaction. And so um, it's designed to send payments, not to allow someone to pull payments from you. Um, so it doesn't really work well in a subscription-based environment. Um, but Zap Planner kind of simulates that subscription model where it puts the user back in control of their own funds. And instead of pulling payments, Zap Planner is a push payment system, so to speak. So you set up payments um, because of Lightning and LNURL, uh, you're able to do this. And then you push payments at whatever frequency or amount you know is, is appropriate for that interaction, for that transaction. And then at any time, you're in control of those funds, you're in control of that payment, you can cut it off. You want to end your subscription. You don't have to, you know, I've had to, I've had to try and call services before and, and cancel subscriptions. And sometimes it's really easy. Sometimes it's a, a pain in the neck and they, they try to send you through every, you know, loop and hoop that they can to keep you on board. And so much easier with something like this where you can just, if you're done with it, you're done. Um, you cut it off. You're in control. And so I'm really excited about Zap Planner. I think it's an example of, of 
how the value for value environment and economy can work better. Something to look forward to for sure, Colin. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to take that as a quick opportunity just to plug our Nostra Report Premium um, we launched this week. So if you haven't heard about it, go to nostr.report slash premium, uh, nostr.report slash premium. And what it is is we've, we've created a, uh, a Telegram broadcast channel. So it's broadcast only. You're not going to have people you know, messaging you back and forth. Um, it's just the notes that we broadcast. And it's a way to get real-time notifications of Nostr news. Um, there's no fee, no charge. This is a, you know, we're, we're experimenting with value for value. And so you know, no fee to sign up. You just sign up. All you need is a Telegram account. Um, and, you know, of course, any, any support that people want to send back is always appreciated because servers cost money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, Nostra Report Premium and, you know, why Telegram? And it's simply because there are there's not a there's not an equivalent Nostra tool yet that can do it. But as soon as as we find a way to do that, we're going to move it onto Nostra 100%. Um, but right now, each note that we put out on the Telegram channel does have links back to the Nostra notes and the NPub uh, when they're available. So I hope everyone checks out that checks that out. We've had quite a few people sign up, and I think it's going well. Um, yeah, Nostra Report Premium. Um, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on value for value or Zap Planner before I move to my last thing. Nope. Carry on, Con. So, oh, hold on. My kids just walked in. Hold on, guys. <laughs> um, so my last thing, I've got, I picked the quote of the week. Um, last Saturday, we saw Great Britain, um, uh, coronation of new king and queen and I thought this quote from Clark Moody uh, if you've never used the Clark Moody dashboard google that it's fantastic a lot of great uh, bitcoin information but Clark Moody um, posted bitcoin has no king bitcoin needs no king and I just thought that was so relevant especially as the BRC20 craze kind of took over the week because, you know, we had people calling for, you know, forks of the Bitcoin network to either to fix the problem or to increase the, the block size or, you know, whatever. And I'm just, I'm so thankful that Bitcoin is designed the way it is because those people can scream and shout all they want for these changes, but it doesn't matter. They don't, Bitcoin has no king. You know, there's no there's no authority over it, and so um, we can we can verify we don't have to trust that it's going to make right decisions or that somebody's going to make right decisions over it. It is what it is. Yeah, that was a great quote uh, from Clark Moody, Con, um, and it makes complete sense. And it, it also ties back to the concept of the pleb chain, right? That we, it, it, the social element of Bitcoin, we are all Satoshi. We are all on a level 
playing field in that sense. There, there are no kings. There is, there are no elites. Uh, in, in as far as the time chain is concerned, we're, we're all the same. It could be Michael Saylor. It could be a guy like me who who doesn't have any Bitcoin because he's lost it all in boating accidents. Uh, tragic. We're, we're all... It was tragic. Yeah, yeah, I was there. It was tragic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all the same. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and um, you know, I part of me wonders if some of this um, lashing out, so to speak, that we see from people like like um, Nick Carter, from Udi, from some of these some of these voices who have had a kind of a more public, prominent presence, you know, in Bitcoin through through the years. You know, part of me wonders if it's if it's a bit of desperation trying to hang on to relevance. Um, Bitcoin has, Bitcoin is outgrowing, you know, perhaps some of the, the circles of influence that, that, uh, that populated, you know, podcasts and social media and, and, and so on. And mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe that's just, maybe that's just me reading yeah. into things, but well, well, and I think as things go to a community level, you know, we, we start to get more active community uh, wise. Uh, none of these, you know, you see the a lot of these Twitter quote unquote influencers won't come to Noster because uh, they they have their little reach there. They have their 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 what what gives them, I guess, value to themselves. Uh, but they, it seems like they're a lot more hesitant to come to the Noster community. <laughs> So I, there's something there with that. Yeah, there's some some social aspect to it. Yeah. All right. You want to bring on our uh, our guest? Yes, indeed. David of the desert, welcome to Blockchain Radio. And just press on mute and you should be live. <laughs> there we go. I think I did it. Yeah. You yeah, you're you're a little light. You can you're a little you're a little quiet. Maybe get a little bit to the mic or turn the gain up. Yeah. All right. There we go. I think I made it happen finally. I was having uh, some technical difficulties, but got in under the wire and got to listen to you guys for a few minutes, and I'm happy to be here. There's never a dull moment. Now, always some drama in the uh, in the nests. I mean, that's part of the that's the part of the beauty of uh, you know uh, really being the first uh, users, uh, kind of still in beta. Um, you know, always some dramatics. So, David, why don't we start at the beginning? Well, maybe not quite at the beginning. We don't want to hear the story of how you were born and, and whatnot. <laughs> uh, but why don't we start with the lighting uh, in the room? <laughs> uh, why don't we start with your Bitcoin backstory? How did you get into Bitcoin? How did you find out about it? What was that journey like? So uh, it sounds a lot like uh, journeys that I've heard around me many times. These things seem to, you know, parallel each other because there's a certain growth process, a certain uh, 
a path one must walk, or at least one that I had to walk. I had to go the long, dirty, dark path, you know. Um, so I heard about it a long time ago, kind of saw it on the internet, didn't think anything about it. That might have been in like 2012, 2013. 2017 is when I like got interested for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but I was very much like wanted to buy low and sell high. Um, got onto Coinbase and started making a bunch of mistakes. Um, and uh, yeah, I went pretty deep. You know, I tried all types of trading and I got all into a bunch of altcoins and I went down all kinds. I mean, because I like. At this point, I wasn't really working a lot, so I intended on being part of this space, so I really got into it. So whether I was like studying trading or trying to find the next big thing, I was really uh, into it, but it took me quite a while. I don't think it was until I started mining. I mean, it's hard to say when it really like clicked because it kind of feels gradual, but now it's like... I don't know anybody that is more invested in this than me. Like, I, I mean, I've completely centered my life around it. I kind of gave up everything I had to start something new. Um, everything I kind of accomplished kind of rolled into this investment, this kind of setup that I got going on now. Um, and uh, yeah, it's beautiful. So it's kind of a long path, you know, but um, I've been doing the the righteous thing for quite a while now and staying away from the shit coins and, you know, really, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to what's going on. Um, I'm kind of feeling like I'll probably learn a lot from you guys talking about what's going on with the uh, fees and everything, because, um, you know, I've heard a little bit about it, but it's kind of, um, I don't, you know, I keep my head down and I kind of do my work and I try to get as much hash rate as I can out of my solar panels. And that's kind of my job. And that's where I focus. And yeah, so here we are. And how'd you find out about Noster? Um, on Twitter. Um, I never really liked Twitter that much. I mean, I, I enjoyed getting on there and being kind of part of the community and like connecting to some people, but I never really enjoyed sharing because it's like such a clusterfuck, you know? It's like trying to deal with YouTube or anything. It's just like, it feels impossible to be seen. The things that I want to share, which are kind of ideas that are a little bit outside of the mainstream or the types of things that get silenced and I, you know so it's really interesting i've been interested in wanting to know you know uh i wanted wanting there to be something different because I, I love connecting and i love the technology you know but i wanted there to be something different and noster i had to hear about that for a little while before i finally kind of like looked into it a little bit more deeply and then the you know the app started getting way better and i was like oh wow this is it feels like it's it to me because that that you know that ability to uh, zap each other is like uh, that that changes everything. I don't uh, I don't know. I think we're we're uh, very early to the future here, and uh, it's super exciting. Yeah, I agree. Um, a lot of I think a lot of people have the same stories coming from Twitter. You know, it, it was just something that <laughs> it was a, it was a source of information. Maybe a source of, uh, you know, I, I don't really say it's a source of conversation because like 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 you, just like me, like corn, like a lot of us were just kind of censored or uh, we were on a couple accounts. Uh, it just never felt, you know, like the engagement was there. There was no community there. Uh, and, and, and like you said, when you came here, uh, it just feels like it's it, you know, and especially when you start using Noster, uh you know, every day or, you know, it, the, the more you use it, the more fiat everything else feels. Uh, once you go back to it, it just feels, it, it's just totally different energy. 
So that's that's great. And with the zaps, I think uh, you know we're we're it's truly peer to peer. I mean, everything we have here, it's just like Venmo on steroids, uh, frictionless. It's beautiful, um, and it's we got a great great path forward. So depending upon how we use it, we'll see. But it's a free market, and and everybody can build on it. So it's just beautiful. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> so, so you were they- talking about. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Albi. No, I, I was curious to hear about uh, David Setup. I mean, I've heard these things, right? He's an off-the-grid miner. He's in the desert, presumably. If, if your name's any indication, David, <laughs> David of the desert. It looks like, pretty what, bright in the desert based off his picture. <laughs> it looks very bright. Uh, that, that's yeah, great for solar is. panels, I think. But but he but, mentioned solar panels and uh, and getting the most hash out of the solar panels. I'm, I'm interested in that. Yeah. yeah, I am. I, and to the extent that you're you're able to share with, if they're doxing concerns, then of course, you know, completely understand. But which desert is this? Like, what, what does that setup look like? So, so I'm in the Sonoran Desert. I'm uh, south uh, west of Tucson, so very close to Mexican border, uh, Sonoran Desert. And uh, yeah, we're like way out here. We don't have neighbors for like miles. Um, and I was able to find a really uh, my wife was actually able to find a really cheap piece of property and um yeah it was kind of shaped just right to get the right exposure for the panels so i was able to throw them up you know pretty easily and quickly and i did it like you know everything is like dirt cheap because i really had a certain amount of money to work with and i wanted to be able to run all my miners because i used to mine on the grid and it got to the point where it's like yeah it cost me more electricity you know than what it's worth and and depending on the market, that's that's pretty hard to ride out, you know, and it's like and and uh, I don't work like a day job. I do creative things and I do side. Job. I do a lot of different things because I'm skilled in the different things, but I don't have, you know, a steady standard income. So that made a big deal, um, you know, having uh, the electricity price go up. But then um, I always wanted to go off grid, but it seemed like unattainable because I would do the math and I'm just like, dude, I'm going to need so many panels because I have six S19. So it's not a not a huge setup it's a small setup but it's you know it's big for me and running those takes a lot of power so you know i did the math and i was like there's no way i was going to do it where i used to live um but out here there's tons of space tons of sun so i have 124 panel set up and i bought them all used uh right here in arizona from santan solar it's a really great source so I got them for like dirt cheap and they still put out three quarters of their output and I have plenty of space. So efficiency is not that big of a deal. And, um, you know, and then the kind of the artistry in it for me, which is kind of fun, is like figuring out, you know, taking, you know, readings on my batteries and inverters and panels and figuring out when to start the miners, when to, um, you know, speed them up, when to slow them down. And I'm working on building an immersion cooling setup, but it's like my own custom design. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, it feels a little risky because I don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work. But uh, the the ones you buy are extremely expensive. So I wanted to build one. And that's kind of the next step in looking to get more hash per watt because that's really, you know, I want to turn every bit of sunlight I can, obviously, into Bitcoin. And, you know, and it's awesome because any day we need air conditioning out here. Or, you know, our needs shift. I just turn, you know, turn off some miners, um, you know. So it's it's like 
I can really understand what this can do for our grid because I'm managing this tiny grid, which is far more efficient. The way we do our grids is completely insane. Like it's so inefficient to have these big giant grids, you know, but in these uh, smaller little setups, it's like, you know, it's easy to see how difficult it is to manage power and just imagine how they do that on a, a citywide scale and how much Bitcoin mining would help, um, you know, capture that energy when the demand just isn't there. It's uh and it's a really cool uh, learning process. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, you're you're sitting in like a kind of a microcosm of uh, uh, Riot uh, out in Texas, and, and all the benefits they do. They turn off their miners. They 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 basically provide to the grid when it's when it when it's needed. Whereas you do the same thing for your air conditioning, um, or you you know the, the key is to have an abundance of energy uh and then you can always turn things off uh to control the flow so you're never surging uh you're never going too low uh you just have the abundance there to where you can profit off it when uh when you don't need it right yeah and so uh, yeah so it's a it's a fun game and like so lately i've been playing with starting my miners earlier i've been able to start them as early as 5 30 you know and figuring out what the charging curve that works the best and where i get the most ashes per day and it's interesting too because rewards are random you know so it's like the i haven't noticed the the fee shift that much and stuff because i don't pay attention to to this stuff a lot i just you shoot for the most hash because anytime i'm like focused on rewards it's like well i can't change that all i can really change is like you know hash more hours a day um and do what i can so i try to think of it as like in terms of my service to the network in terms of what i'm gonna get because right now I'm printing pennies, you know, and it's like, it, it, but it, it's a long-term game. And it's like, the thing is, is I have the money printer of the future. So it, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. Like people see what I'm doing and how I spent my money. And it's like, they can't wrap their head around it as an investment. But for me, I'm just, I'm just happy. I feel so grateful to, you know, I, I say anyone who's in Bitcoin right now and they already get it, they're, they're going to be good. You know, it's like, we're, we're, that means you're thinking in terms of the future um really what you do after that i feel like you know it'll work out david you mentioned you had was, was it six s9s you said uh s19s I made s19s okay yeah, so yeah. Th that's that's oh, i might might have misheard myself um uh, and what is are they what is that 60 terahash right they're uh, 100 terahash each or about 140 100. oh wow okay but but that still means you you probably need to join a pool, right? You can't be doing this solo. Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, uh, I, I like to think I'm lucky, but I don't know if I'm that lucky. So yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a pool, and you know, um, yeah, it, it's not a ton in in USD terms. But something that really started to help me see the value was once I got on Noster and I felt the value of these apps. You know, like even. 21 zaps or 100 or whatever and, and the you know you can feel i can feel the future value of these things even though it's not priced that way in usd but then when i take that feeling i you know i see on noster and i think about what i'm mining in the day from free sunlight and i'm like oh wow like that's pretty awesome like that's really exciting it's like an automatic dollar cost average you know for as long as i want and there's no there's no monthly bills for me so it's 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 done <clears throat> Well, in generating a currency uh, backed by your sunlight, you know, it, it's just amazing how your printer is the sun. 
uh it's 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 almost i mean it's just it's it's beautiful uh it really is the proof of work aspect uh to to be able to you know i try to explain to my wife yeah uh they mine bitcoin and she's like mine what the hell are you talking about you know but it's mined with math it's mined with uh power uh, energy um you know not just you know and when you and then when you take uh the sun uh translating into that energy into a currency it's just like wow i mean that's just that's beautiful and and i and i think energy is the key word right it's like we've never like at the end of the day all we really want is a clear signal for the value of our energy right bitcoin's the only time we've ever had that so it's like and the sun is pure energy the sun is pure light so it feels very to me like it feels very um I don't know. It's just so beautiful, you know, like converting pure energy into pure signal. What I see is the most pure monetary energy and the fact that it's KYC and it goes straight to my wallet. I feel like I have the most valuable thing that there has ever been, you know. Um, Yeah. And then using that as a currency uh, and storing your time and energy into it, your own personal, um, you know, it's all just goes into the kind of circle of life type of thing it's it's pretty amazing for sure colin did you have something yeah i was just gonna say i think one of the funniest things people we hear people say is how you know that bitcoin is backed by nothing you know this this just printing money out of thin air and you know it's exactly the opposite. It's backed by incredible amounts of energy um, flowing into the network and powering transactions and keeping it secure. It just, it's amazing. Well, in David's case, it's backed by the elements, right? But it's backed by the sun, which is incredible if you think about it. Yeah. And it's a, it's a weird thing understanding um, the security and the proof of work aspects of Bitcoin. Like I don't like I don't have a very strong technical understanding, but there's like almost like an intuitive like aha moment, like where um, yeah, that uh, it, it's not intuitive at first to understand what the value of Bitcoin is. But then the longer I'm in the space, the more it's like an intuitive thing. It's like I don't even have to. I'm not. You know, I've always been pretty good at looking ahead and seeing like what's going to be coming in the future. I've been pretty good at looking at technology in a broad sense, but I'm but I'm not technical at all with Bitcoin or anything, and really understanding the intricacies of how the things work together. But I can you know put it together and make it work and and see the value somehow. And that's always the challenge with new people is like how how will they understand? How will they have that aha moment? Because I think everybody's brain works differently. Um, and you know, different things turn us on to it. And I, I really think Noster is going to be huge for that. It's really great to see the people that have come to Noster that are not yet in Bitcoin. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. And that was one of the things with Zapathon is, is, you know, a lot of these people are just coming from who knows where all over the globe. And they, they find out this, this weekly event where they're just zapping each other. They don't know what they're doing. And then they realize, oh, wow, this is Bitcoin. Oh, wow, this is easy. This is, it's just like a, a domino effect of, of ideas as you, uh, as you, as you start exploring. And the next thing you know, you're in the rabbit hole and every hole leads to the next, you know, it's just never ending learning uh, that, that's that, that Bitcoin provides. 
I have a, a question. Uh, somebody that uh, that I know is tuning in, and they say they don't hear me talking. They hear everybody else. Uh, I wonder if uh, people can hear me. Yeah, I, I wonder, too. I mean, we can all hear you. Um, this is recorded, so um, okay. I, I'm sure the recording can hear you, too. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can yeah, hear you, different. but there were a few seconds earlier where you dropped out, and I saw a couple oh, okay. of... of uh, confused emojis popping up from the audience and maybe that was the same thing happening there but then you came back for me i don't know yeah what happened. Uh, i'm not sure i can hear you so guys. folks in the audience can you hear david can you just throw a no <laughs> oops that's a, that's a so lot of the entire down. audience <laughs> can't hear <laughs> Well, welcome to Noster Ness, where we never know who's listening or who can hear. Um, but I will tell you that my uh, my recording on my uh, desktop PC, which I have separately, is also it's definitely recording, and I can hear him on there. So um, this is not another one of those events where we have. Uh, uh, <laughs> What was it, Avi? What what'd you call that one uh, where we just got the whole show? Ephemeral. Yeah, it's not an ephemeral event. It's so weird that you guys would be able to hear me and not anyone else. I understand. Oh, it's happened before, David. And I, I suspect it has something to do with Safari. Uh, well, and it's odd because I, I switched to uh, um, Firefox because they recommended that. So I was trying to be. Oh, no, wait, I am Safari now. I switched back. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on Safari and I've been on this forever. Uh, my MacBook and Safari always work. Um, but I don't know. It, it's just odd. Well, let's so, carry through. on. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. carry on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I'll. And and I'll what I'll do is I'll. I'll way. get this posted. Uh, I'll get this posted quickly so anybody can hear that too. Okay, sounds good. <clears throat> so, David, going back to your setup, right? So the the solar panels you have the, that powers your entire electricity need, and basically the ex excess goes into Bitcoin mining. Is that how you have it set up? Yeah, and. Um, you know, another thing that I'm a big advocate for, something that I'm, you know, uh, working on out here is learning how to live with very little and sustainably and simply. So it's like half of the battle is like using less water, using less energy. You know, I think that's the way we should be behaving in the desert anyways. Um, so, you know, and I get a lot of joy from that. So we live very simply. I live out a couple of little uh, travel trailers and some nice canvas tents and we're working on building some small structures. But it's a very simple setup, so there's not a ton of lighting. Um, you know, we have a couple little air-conditioned space, so still 90% of my power goes to mining because our electrical usages or you know our uh, needs are pretty minimal. Yeah, you really gotta. I mean, if you're talking about sustainable out in the desert, um, I, I don't know what your elevation is in your area, but I don't know what you can grow. <laughs> Uh, I know we had a wet, uh, you and I had a wet, uh, wet winter this year. That was great. But, um, yeah, it just seems like that's, it's, it's, you're, you're full, your life is full of challenges. Yeah, <clears throat> well, it really is, you know, and I, I always say that, like, you know, I don't think life really like things come in waves and stuff, but you're always, we're always going to have some sort of challenges. So, you know, I choose these challenges like this winter was kind of 
we've only been here for about eight months or something. I haven't been here through the middle of the summer yet, but um, this winter was pretty brutal with the rain and the wind and, you know, we were kind of just getting set up and putting our roots down and, you know, it was tough, but it's like, I would trade that for my old life any day. Like I found that I, I have a really hard time giving my energy away to something else that's not my vision. Like, you know, even when I was a business owner, it was like dealing with my clients and all the politics that came in, you know, to everything and dealing with people that I was out of alignment with. It was just like, even though I was the boss, I felt like I was a slave, you know, to my clients and to the, uh, to what I'd kind of set up for myself. So I really decided at some point that I wanted to be um, self-sustaining as much as possible and really prepared for whatever happens. Um, you know, a lot of people have different ideas about where things are headed. Obviously, as a Bitcoiner, that's one particular lens that I, I tends to lend itself to more truth than, you know, general. Um, something I love about Nostr, too, is just like almost everybody I meet, they tend to be really cool people that have like a pretty open mind and want to take some personal responsibility. Um, and it's what I'm all about. I'm here to, you know, spread Bitcoin and... Uh, help people uh, learn to get connected with earth again. I'm, I'm into plant medicines and that sort of thing. That's another thing I do. Um, it's kind of a couple of my passions. So hashtag, hashtag grow Noster. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different <laughs> pa passions out there that need to be uh, explored in Noster in general. Um, you know, not just Bitcoin because we are from all different path walks of life. Um, we all have our own skill set. Um, hashtag grow Noster. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing because there's like there there's a certain amount of um uh community there just on the fact just because, you know, we're doing the new thing. We're we're looking for the new thing that's gonna um help move us into a better direction. So it's like, you know, I'm not a big I'm not a big meat eater, but I don't care, you know, but a lot of Bitcoiners are all into that scene and it doesn't bother me in the slightest. You know, I, I love that there's so many different types of people and uh backgrounds and young and old and um but there is that kind of general undertone of like people wanting freedom, you know, wanting something different. And that's uh, something to respect. So mining in general, um, so you say you, you don't really look at your, uh, your rewards. You're really just focusing on what you can manage. Um, you know, so you don't, you don't ever say, Hey, wow, the uh, mempool must've been crazy the last two weeks at record high. Uh, I just happened to, you, you don't see any of those rewards, maybe just peeking saying, wow, that seemed like a big win last week. Well, I'll, I'll tell you how I found out. I had heard about, um, you know, the increased fees and the mempool stuff. And like, I, I didn't look into it, but I've heard that they're doing some weird shit on Bitcoin and taking up space and all that, which, you know, for me, Bitcoin's going to do Bitcoin regardless. I don't care. It's going to work itself out. But I, um, but I'll say uh, when actually you reached out or uh, when you reached out about, um, are we connected about doing this show? And you asked, you kind of mentioned that topic. And then I was kind of like, oh yeah, we get more fees. And then I like started looking at my numbers and definitely like, uh, you know, what I've, my rewards have gone way up, but I didn't notice until you, you know, actually that was kind of when I actually took a look at it. 
Um, yeah, which, uh, is, which corn. is awesome. But it's like for me, it's like some days randomly I'll get like four blocks in one day and have huge rewards, and then some days I don't mine anything all day. So it's like unless I take that closer look, it's kind of like the rewards just look kind of random. But obviously, mm. if I zoomed out a little bit, I would be seeing you know overall I'm definitely you know uh, yeah. getting 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 some bigger rewards, which is exciting for me. But I, I don't, yeah. give a, you know, I don't care about NFTs or whatever the hell they're doing. I don't, you know, to me, like Bitcoin should be Bitcoin. And it's annoying to me when I want to send an on-chain transaction and it's expensive, um, but I don't do it very often. I try to, you know, I go from my storage to lightning and then pretty much stay on lightning for the most part. So, you know. Yeah, the mempool got so crazy. Uh, you actually got a new competitor in the game uh, last week. Uh, Corn was in his storage unit. Um, he hadn't been there in at least a year. Uh, and he brought home his dusty old S nine as, and his family thought a freight train was running in the, uh, the bathroom. Cranked it up. <laughs> yeah. I'm in a, just in a residential setting. So, uh, electricity is, you know, super expensive. It's not, not profitable, not even close to profitable to running it normally. And <laughs> I, I ran it for a couple of days and I, I just connect to, uh, what it, it was slush pool, but now they changed to brains and yeah. I, the whole time I ran it, they didn't even find a block. So I was just like, uh, okay. But corn, I you know what? I gotta know. I, I gotta know. Did when you, when you fired a backup, cause you, you clearly did it before prior. Uh, was your family like, what the hell is he doing? Not this again. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and you had to give them the whole, you know, that meme with the, with all the crazy writing in the back and you're trying to explain what's going on and why this is, <laughs> you need to be doing this now. Uh, was, I, did you, I, I could see that going on. So I, I, I wait till my wife leaves for work and then I turn it on and, uh, <laughs> let it, <rest. laughs> my, my kids, you know, they're, they're small. So my, my son, he just said, are, are, are we finding more Bitcoin? And I'm like, man, I hope so. But, you know, no luck for me this time. Finding more Bitcoin, that's profound, Gone. It gets <laughs> onto something. <laughs> I, I still run an S9. Um, it's like underclocked a little bit, and I run it as like, that's like my auxiliary. Like if I really am having lots of power and I got a little extra, I'll, I'll still throw that on. It's another, it's another 10, 12 her terahashes in there, so... You know, yep, I, had, I, I, I would love to see more like small mining setups. And I, that's one of the things I want to share about is uh, share more about my setup, because a lot of people think like solar has to be ridiculously expensive and, it, you know, doing it a certain way. You know, there, there's a lot of different ways to do things. I was actually an electrician for 20 years, so I have background in this stuff. But everything I do out here is like up to my own standards because I don't have to you know, nobody's inspecting anything and I have plenty of space. So I buy the cheapest panels and very inexpensive inverters and batteries that still work well. And I think like, you know, people would be uh, surprised what you can build, you know, if you're not going for the, you know, brand new stuff and fancy hardware and mounting system, you know? Um, yeah, I, I was, uh, I was amazed how much I was able to build. <clears throat> yeah. I wish I had, I wish I had uh, access to cheaper energy. I just, it's not feasible where I am. So if I did, it'd be on all the time. Manual well, looked I, pretty bleak, I have to say. I mean, yeah. that, uh, 
uh, it is very cloudy, right? Out in Mandalore. <laughs> or Quandalore. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's hard to get any sun sunlight here. You know, I, one thing that I, I notice everyone talk about is the profitability of um, uh, Bitcoin mining. Uh, you know, it's not profitable. We need cheaper energy. But at the end of the day, you're stacking sats, you know, and if you're not going to sell them and you're really looking at the future, um, what's profitable when you're not going to sell it for 20 years? You know, um, it's more of an investment. You're investing that into that energy at, at this current time, which is going to be profitable in a future time. No. Yeah, from my standpoint, David. sorry, David, go ahead. Oh, I was just like, for me, it's like, this is like a long-term view. It's like, I, I, nothing about this really makes logical sense unless I'm very into Bitcoin. Like, it, it, uh, it, it's, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm just stacking the money of the future and I don't see it in, you know, I still sell some and stuff because I have to get my needs met. It's not even like I stack everything, but it's like it doesn't matter because I have the piece of equipment that does the thing. So forever and ever, as long as there's sunlight in Arizona, which we have a pretty good amount, you know, like I can print the money of the future. And I know, you know, like the the things I look at are, you know, the hash rate and the network being like, you know anyone who's traded knows that trading is all about, you know, human psychology and game. It's just the biggest game ever. It's not, has nothing to do with value. Um, but the hash rate has just been going up nonstop, no matter what happens. So to, that, that gets me excited about the future. And there's that finding that balance between like getting really excited, but also like wanting, you know, to get enough people in before the price goes crazy. Um, it's an interesting space to be in, but I just, I, I have pure faith. So it's like, I'm even when I don't have any money, it's like I, I have a smile on my face because I know where we're headed. <clears throat> yeah, this, QW, is I wanna, this is the way, you know, the when I say it's not profitable for me to run, you know, my S9, basically it's it just the, the cost of electricity to run that where I live for the amount of sats I would get back it's it, it doesn't make sense i it you know i, I can oh, for sure. buy satoshis for far cheaper than i can mine them at this at this power rate mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and if you put it like that i i feel like that's that makes a lot more sense um you know it, it's it's oh. i i see that comparison uh there must be a better way to say it mm -hmm. it would be even out here in upstate new york i know a guy who has a solar setup and he has a bunch of, I don't know if it's S9s or S19s, but in any event, he's like, look, this is just not working out. It is, it, I am spending way more energy, uh, way more money than I'm making on this. I think that maybe, David, you've, you've arbitraged, is, is, there's a weather arbitrage going on in your case, like Arizona and upstate New York, uh, where you might be slightly in the black or, or, or wait did i get that right in the red uh and um and, and it's the other way around in upstate new york well you know like again like uh, to say what is profitable like there's a lot of ways to look at that and the way that i live my life um it you know like i I'm kind of always um right at the edge you know but i always have my needs met and it's not it, it's not really profitable but it 
how can I say this? I've already made the investment, like in dollar terms, you know, if you think about it that way at the current price, it would take forever to pay back what I put into this. But I know what, you know, so it's profitable way in the future. But right now it's like, you know, like, you know, having something be your only job and you're making a few hundred bucks a month in dollar terms, like, what does that do? You know, my needs are small and I have lots of, you know, other things going on to, to make ends meet, but it's not something like a rational person would do, you know, it's really not like, oh, spend, you know, $50,000 to make $300 a month. Like it doesn't make any sense unless you really understand. Cause for me, there's also a, there's a premium because it's uh, KYC free, you know, and I'm really private out here. Nobody knows I live out here where, you know, um, it's all uh it's very um i'm kind of a ghost and i like my bitcoin to be the same way and so that's another huge perk yeah that 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 really is um and i will say on the flip side like avi he's up when i i get a little jealous because i, I wish i can run one of those s9 like uh, space heaters you know but in arizona there's i don't have any need for heat you know <laughs> uh, but on the flip side we have a plethora of sun so uh you know it makes me want to uh, tap into some solar panels and and run it that way. Um, uh, that's a whole nother level is the uh, the ASIC side of, uh, of, of appliances and and you know like I said, uh, Avi, you can be firing up your uh, space heater all day. And it, you know, like to run like a really small setup. Say you wanted something that's just to like stack you know a tiny amount like a solar setup to run an s9 or even one s19 maybe underclocked it because at the you know the lower wattages they run more efficiently so with 2000 watts of solar you could run one miner and just have that run for part of the day that's not a huge investment but it's kind of like this little you know it's just a little dollar cost average basically um but one that nobody knows about except for you you know <laughs> Yeah, I have a new yeah. project. Uh oh. Yeah, I can point you in the direction of some cheap equipment <laughs> that that's worked really well for me. If you're interested, you know stuff that's on Amazon and uh, this place, Santan Solar, is ridiculous. Like that, you can get panels for like thirty-five bucks. I mean, you know, oh wow, and they work great. Like I, you know, I'm sure they degrade, but for my purposes, it's like in five years I might be able to redo all this anyways. I'm looking long term, and I'm I'm set for a while. Well, I think that. You know, you touched on something pretty important when you mentioned the, you know, your, your setup to mine, you know, into the future and, you know, whatever upgrades and replacements and, and additions you add to your, to your setup, you know, only makes that better for you. But, you know, I, we're watching a lot of crazy things going on in the world of banking and you just, you know, I, I don't want to be a, a, a chicken little, the sky is falling, but, but you have to wonder, you know, if a time is coming or how soon a time is coming that, you know, I can't just hop on to cash app or, or strike or something like that and buy Bitcoin anymore because maybe my bank, you know, prevents me from moving funds into those, into those, um, applications. So, well, you know, and there's and there's just the constraint on supply. Yeah, you know, if stuff gets crazy, who knows? You know. <laughs> well, I remember in uh, let's see, twenty was it twenty twenty one? Um, it was right after uh, Tesla announced that they had bought the their Bitcoin, 
and the price started running up really rapidly. People were buying like crazy. And um, Swan, uh, Swan Bitcoin, I was trying to make purchases through them and kept, their service kept going down. And I replied to them on Twitter and they replied back and said that, um, you know, they were having issues with liquidity and that that was happening throughout the industry. And so, I mean, it just took that, that that's one company, um, you know, Tesla making an announcement like that. So, you know, what's the next event that's going to happen that causes that kind of run on the supply and suddenly, you know, Swan cash out strike, you know, none of these platforms are able to keep up with the demand. I mean, that's going to happen. I, I think so. I mean, I'm not, um, I don't spend a lot of time looking into the darker aspects of things, conspiracy type stuff. I mean, but I am aware of what's going on around me. And while I don't spend a lot of energy on that stuff, I'm very prepared for things to go. Um, it's going to be very interesting. And I believe I'm very well positioned. So it's not scary to me. But what is going to happen is going to be scary, I believe. Like, I, and how fast it happens. I mean, as a Bitcoiner, you know, we, we look at things like on-chain analysis. And like I said, the hash rate and everything. And we know that there's supply constraints. We know that there's a ton of us that aren't going to sell. We know that like, there's not that many Bitcoin actually available to purchase, but obviously on exchanges and everything, you know, it's all represented as just numbers on a screen and, you know, it's all derivatives. It's not real. Um, you know, so for me, the, the Bitcoin, I, I like to think of Satoshi's as pennies. That's the game that I play in my head. Cause it's like, it's really fun. And I, I don't think we're that far off. So. No, we're not, David. Um, I think we're at a, it's where at the hour and 15 minute mark, this is typically where we end the recording, David, and we move on to Q&A with the audience, uh, live Q&A if there's any. So QW, unless there's any pressing topic we want to discuss in the recorded portion, I'd say we end this now. And thank you, David.